This is Bloomberg Surveillance. With all these polls coming out, we have to balance the risks to either remain or whether, of course, it's a Brexit. If the British vote goes in favor of Brexit, that will be another sign that you simply... There aren't any givens anymore. To me, it's kind of stretching things to imagine that the Brexit vote is going to have any kind of lasting impact on the US economy. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning. It is 7 a.m. on Wall Street. It is noon in the city in London, where I am, along with Tom Keene, for a week of coverage of the Brexit vote. Tom and I will be here through the vote on Thursday, and we'll wrap up everything in terms of reaction on Friday. We also want to note it is 7 a.m. in Cleveland, the number you need to know there, 93. That's how many points the Cavaliers scored. The Warriors scored only 89, and so for Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco, our sympathies as the Warriors lose in Game 7. But congratulations to the people of Cleveland. It has been 54 years since they won a championship in in anything. 21 million or more people watch this? Extraordinary success. Well, there are 65 million people here in the British Isles, and uh, those who are of them who are voting age will be choosing on Thursday whether or not they want to remain part of the European Union. Over the weekend, the momentum seems to have shifted. As long as we're giving numbers here, let's look at the Bloomberg Composite Poll of Polls, and it shows the Remain side now 45%, the Leave side 42%, 13% still say they don't know. It is going to come down to the wire. Panmere Gordon, Chief Economist Simon French, has been nice enough to come into the studio here in London with us. And, Simon, uh, it's very easy to uh, to run numbers both sides of the other, but you really don't know how the numbers are going to turn out on Thursday, Friday, into Friday morning. Yeah, thanks, Michael. You can probably break down the campaign thus far into three distinct stages. From the start of campaigning on the 15th of April through to about a 24-hour period on the 25th, 26th of May, the momentum was very much with the Remain camp. The economic risk arguments with notable contributions from the government, from the IMF, from the OECD, from the Bank of England, that really set the momentum and led to a significant lead. But then in that 24-hour period, you had the migration numbers that really captured the public mood and also the government lost the support of the civil service, something called PERDA here in the UK. And the Chancellor George Osborne, a lot of the narrative that he'd been clinging to, suddenly he didn't have that support network. The momentum was really kept until Thursday afternoon, and we had those tragic incidents regarding Joe Cook. And really since that point, I think there's a sharper focus now back on the Remain camp. And that's very much stage three where momentum is going into the polls. Well, we're seeing it in the markets today with markets higher around the world. The FTSE trading up by 191 points, 3.1% on the day. The stock 600 is up by 12 points, 3.6%. In the U.S., futures are higher. S&P futures by 27 1.3%, 1.3%, a 1.2% move for Dow futures, and NASDAQ futures up 57, 1.3%. The pound up almost 2% on the day, 1.4632. The euro at 113.29, also stronger against the dollar, uh, up by about half a percent. Ten-year note yield in the U.S., 1.67%. The five-year going for 1.17%, and the two-year at 73 basis points. The German 10-year, Tom, solidly back in a positive yield 
uh, five basis points right now. You're, uh, you're not going to make a whole lot of money clipping those coupons, but at least you're not paying the German government for the right to borrow their money. Now, so it's amazing to see the changes just over the last number of hours with Simon French with us. We say good morning from London. Uh, Bloomberg surveillance is always brought to you by Invesco. Invesco believes it's time to bench the benchmarks to consider active management and factor-based strategies. Find out more at Invesco.com slash high conviction. Simon, John Longworth came over from Westminster on the other side of the city, and he said it took a record amount of time. This city is riveted by the debate. Members of Parliament called back today for remembrances for Joe Cox. There's an emotion here, which I guess we knew would be there. But what's different just in the last week that you see in your London? Well, we're seeing a real shift towards the I think the acknowledgement of the magnitude of this decision. This is a decision last put to the country in 1975. So in most people's voting history, this hasn't been a choice given to them. I think what we're starting to see is people making more of an assessment over where the balance between sovereignty and the economics lie. Because I think on each side of those debates, that's where the, the vote leave strength is and where the remain strength is. And people are coming to a, a managed conclusion of what is important for them taking a more long-termist view. When I, when I look at this, Simon, we do look at the markets. Do you just assume back and forth and back and forth as we get to Thursday? Or are the people leaving, have they taken the high ground here? I think your description of back and forth is is right because of the absence of a lot of electoral data um, to to be able to call this election. We've had almost three million new registries on the electoral roll. That's out of an electoral roll of 42 million. Three million. That is a material increase just in the last... You had an 8% increase? Correct. Over the last... 30 days. That is a staggering statistic. There were three quarters of a million people registered on a single day. And Mike, on Thursday into Friday morning, Francine Lacroix was saying we may not know the vote until 1 or 2 a.m. UK, uh, uh, excuse me, U.S. time. Yes, if it's indeed that close, uh, interesting difference between the U.S. and U.K., in terms of these referenda, I guess there are exit polls for many of the elections, uh, but this being a referendum, uh, the BBC and others not doing elect, uh, exit polls, so we won't have any early calls here. We actually have to wait and see how people voted. <laughs> what fun is that? Absolutely. We, we get... Uh, 600-odd constituencies breaking down their votes. So typically there's a constituency called Sunderland South, a key indicator of the national mood. But then we get those bellwether seats, those seats that we start to get a feel of what Middle England are feeling. And and those ones will come around 2 o'clock British summertime. So the type of uh, indication what the national mood is. But if it's as tight as some of the polls are certainly telling us, then we really won't get an indication until almost trading begins here in London. Now, one of the uh, issues that uh, people, uh, statisticians will tell you is that people, uh, polls tend to break in favor of the status quo. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there is still a very large undecided vote. What would influence them at this point? Is it uh, that they're trying to make up their mind and they're looking for guidance or they don't know and they want to stay home and just forget about the whole thing? 
Well, we know from countries that are much more familiar with referenda than us, and we look across at Switzerland as the one that holds these with great frequency. Uh, on a two-to-one basis, it tends to be the, the uh, undecided yeah. in the last few days go for the status quo. What are they going to be influenced by? Well, events are clearly key, and, and what we saw at the back end of last week, terrible as it is, has undoubtedly changed the momentum. Yeah. But ultimately, it'll be down to how people perceive their economic circumstances. We know that a lot of, for a lot of floating votes, They'll look out, effectively look out of their windows, see the economy in front of them and go, do I want to take a risk of right. jump into the unknown? Whatever John Longworth says, this is uh, you know, an uncertain forward position if the UK right. votes to leave. Mike, I found it extraordinary. Charles Duma hasn't made up his mind with Lombard Street Research. He's waiting for Thursday. Here's the big difference, as you heard Simon French speak of British summertime. The sun sets in New York at 8.30 tonight. It sets in London, Mike, at 9.21. You can that stay up later. That is one of the northern... That's, that was the same way in Game of Thrones, between <laughs> King's Landing and Westeros. But I, it's 45 minutes. That's very, that's very cool. The IMF yeah, over the weekend uh, released their delayed report on uh, how this would affect I, the I missed UK that, what they economy. said. Uh, you'd be surprised to know that they warn of downward economic risks and a recession next year should uh, Brexit prevail. But, Simon, does anybody here pay any attention? Would would that influence voters? No. What you have, well, I say it won't influence voters. There is a big uh, body of people who are who lean towards leaving the European Union, for whom they don't believe anybody. We had some fascinating polling data from YouGov last week, which showed that the experts, and it didn't matter whether they came from the church, whether they came from the economics profession, whether they came from politics, from news, they don't trust anybody. And therefore, ultimately, informed commentary in this space is falling on deaf ears. The question, of course, is, and you allude to it, how that floating vote is, and it's anywhere between about six to maybe 12 percent of of people who remain undecided how they will break on the day and you know we talked you talked about the time the 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 sunsets tom i mean we we, it's material what the weather is going to be like on thursday because we know the turnout is very material the long-range forecast is suggesting storms in the southeast of england that is material when turnout is so important regarding calling the outcome here and if we get storms that uh, hit the part of the country that is disproportionately pro-Remain, that could change things. I was uh, watching the, the, the weather forecast on uh, the telly this morning, and, you know, they put up the, the little days, and uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday were all partly cloudy or sunny, and it's just Thursday. Yeah. Shows yeah. to be really coming down rain. So. Simon French with us to begin our coverage on Bloomberg Radio. We're thrilled you're with us worldwide on Bloomberg 1200 Boston. Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington. Good morning, New York 11.30. And, of course, early good morning in San Francisco, across the nation, and Sirius and XM Channel 119. Michael McKee and Tom King from London. Futures boom, up 28. This hour of surveillance brought to you by Mount Kisco Volvo. Visit MountKiscoVolvo.com. Here's Michael Barr with news headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. The Senate will hold procedural votes today on several gun provisions more than a week after gunmen opened fire in a gay nightclub in Orlando, killing 49 people. It comes after Democratic Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut held a filibuster for almost 15 hours last week, demanding votes on tightened background checks. Donald Trump says he hates profiling, but Trump told CBS's Face the Nation the U.S. may have no choice when it comes to Muslims. Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton's Democratic campaign and its allies plan to spend $41 million on ads in crucial states. Actor Anton Yelchin has died at age 27. 
The ultra-delayed checkoff in the new Star Trek films was killed when his own car rolled down a steep driveway at his home in Los Angeles and pinned him against a brick mailbox pillar. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? And Michael Barr, thanks so much. From London, we are due to a data check with equities, bonds, currencies, and commodities. Yields higher. The 10-year yield, 0.05%, a positive 0.05%. Stay with us. Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by your Tri-State BMW Centers. Visit them online at tristatebmw.com at BMW. They make only one thing, the ultimate driving machine. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 85 years. Learn more at ADR.org. We're watching the markets as global equities rally and the pound strengthens the most since 2008 as polls signal the campaign for the U.K. to stay in the European Union is gaining momentum. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures up 27 points. Dow E-mini futures up 210. NASDAQ E-mini futures up 56. The DAX in Germany is up 3.5%. Ten-year Treasury down 17.30 seconds. The yield 1.66%. Yield on the two-year 0.72%. NYMEX crude oil up 1.7% or 83 cents to 48.81 a barrel. COMEX gold down 1.1% or $13.80 to 12.81 an ounce. The British pound $1.4637, the euro $1.1325, the yen 104.58. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. All right. Thank you very much, Karen Moscow. Tom Keene and I welcome you back to Bloomberg Surveillance from London from this London. week. I had tea yesterday at Fortnum and Mason with the Sainted One and one of the offsprings. They have the Diamond Jubilee Room after the Queen. And you go in, and, Mike, there's the North Salon and the South Salon, and they were splitting them between Brexit and Remain. <laughs> they were not letting them. You know, they, the Fortnum and Mason, first time since Queen Anne, 1707, they're splitting the Diamond Jubilee Room. <laughs> well, that is uh, pretty much what we have, a split in the country, although the uh, Remain side seems to have taken a lead in the polls over the weekend. We have four days to go. We shall see. But I want to go beyond Thursday and ask Simon French, he's the chief economist at Panmure Gordon, uh, about where the U.K. is after that, uh, particularly if Remain should win. This has been going on long enough, and we do salute the British for managing to get this all in in a couple of months, unlike the United States, and it's four years of campaigning, it seems. Uh, we lose track of what is going on in the U.K. economy, and it's hard to tell from prices because they've all been distorted by uh, the polls being up or down. Is the U.K. economy doing better, doing worse? How much of an impact has uncertainty over Brexit had on the day after? Where are we? Yeah, the UK economy uh, peaked probably in terms of this cycle in Q1 last year, 2015, and has been slowing, and you can pick a variety of metrics, but let's use the basket of PMI indicators. It's been slowing from that point. So I'm afraid the the corporates that are saying this is Brexit-related, 
uh, worries are probably wider the mark. I mean, there's the odd subsector, um, commercial real estate, most noticeably construction, which have be, I think, can credibly make that claim. But I think if you look at the UK manufacturing sector, construction, they're both were in recession in Q in Q1. The services sector remains strong. But that has been driven by a strong labor market story. And what we're looking underneath the hood, you look underneath the hood, there's some significant policy headwinds coming into play for the UK labor market. The introduction of an apprenticeship levy next year, the introduction of the national living wage. There are reasons to think that the UK economy is on a slowing trajectory, absent all conversations about uh, Brexit. Now, of course, slowdown rather than a collapse. We remain in a situation of a very super accommodative monetary policy here in the UK. The counterbalance, of course, to that is the government has the most aggressive fiscal contractionary program of any of the G7 countries, which keeps keeps the economy in check. I think the real forward indicator will come in November when the Chancellor of the Exchequer, we expect it to be George Osborne, but not necessarily, uh, will deliver his uh, autumn statement and indicate what that fiscal profile is. Will he react to a slowing economy by loosening the purse strings, or will he stick with his rhetoric he's held since 2010? Mark Carney and the folks at the Monetary Policy Committee were able to... uh basically take a vacation these last few months. I think they held last week's meeting in Ibiza but didn't tell anybody. <laughs> was, um, was it a debt meeting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the, the, the opposite of a U.S. live meeting. If the economy is slowing, um, it looks like uh, Mr. Uh, Carney can get through his entire term, perhaps without moving rates one way or another? Well, I think that's definitely our central scenario, which is that there is absolutely no pressure coming on Mark Carney to shift uh, interest rates to the upside. Uh, there has been a lot of conversation about potential moves to the downside in the event of a, a, a leave vote. I think that's wider than Mark myself. I think there's a, a series of liquidity windows which the financial sector here in the UK can tap into. Um, but ultimately, there is a stabilisation function which is weaker sterling, which uh, will come into play should the UK uh, leave the European Union. I think Mark Carney pers- conceivably goes through his entire term leaving interest rates where they are because he is a price taker on international markets. He does not make... It's an uncomfortable myth for these uh, central bankers that they control monetary conditions. They do not. They are made, unfortunately, in uh, in Frankfurt. They're made in Beijing. They're made in New York. They're not made in London at the moment. How do you respond to Olivia Blanchard suggesting, among others, that all the hysteria is overdone, overwrought, Life, life will go on. Well, Olivier is absolutely spot on in terms of the, the, the rhetorical battle that we've seen over the last couple of months, completely overblown. And actually, the, the frustration of someone who has analysed the situation and thinks that the UK is better off within the European Union but does not need to resort to a situation of, of, of scaremongering uh, and does not need to abuse uh, economic statistics in order to make make its message. I think Olivier, when he's, he's saying that the uh, that this is overblown, certainly some of the uh, people who've been falling over themselves to talk about a 15-20% devaluation in sterling, a collapse in UK equities, questions over the sustainability of the current account deficit. I think they're overplaying their hand. What's the uh, what's the best case scenario for uh, the UK economy then? in 2000, the rest of 2016 into 2017, assuming status quo in about yeah. 30 seconds. We've <laughs> of course. Uh, assuming status quo, then actually we suddenly have the certainty of our relationship with the U- uh, European Union, which will put, bring back some of the latent uh, investment decisions which have been stored up 
providing some clarity post the 23rd of June. And I think then the UK continues to be supported by high levels of population growth, low levels of corporation tax, and continues to grow fairly strongly. But from a slowing trajectory of that additional growth it managed to accrue in early 2015 as a result mm-hmm. of the commodity price bust. This has been wonderful. Simon French, thank you so much for coming with Pamir. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. We're going to continue our discussion here, trying to do it in a balanced way. Are we being balanced, Mike? Fair and balanced. I think so. Somebody would say. Futures up a huge 28 points. A VIX in 2.25 points. A Dow futures up 215. From London, Michael McKeon, Tom Keen, Bloomberg Surveillance. 725 on Wall Street, uh, Bloomberg Surveillance, brought to you by T2 Computing, a new kind of IT solutions company for workflow, mobility, and infrastructure. Let them explain how their expertise can help you gain greater business value. Visit T2Computing.com for more information.